For UT Tyler Radio, I'm Mike Landis. The U.S. Supreme Court picked the last week of June to drop the proverbial other shoe on affirmative action in college admissions. It ruled that race cannot be a factor when deciding to admit a college applicant. UT System Board of Regents Chairman Kevin Eltife responded by saying, We are not at all surprised by the ruling. He went on to say, We fully expected this and will follow the ruling accordingly. Here to discuss the finer points of this ruling and what it means is UT Tyler Associate Professor of Accounting, Finance, and Business Law, Dr. Tammy Cowart. Welcome. Thank you, Mike. Harvard and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill were at the center of this Supreme Court case. But even as the UT Regents Chair says we will follow the ruling accordingly, most every college and university in the country has implemented affirmative action efforts differently. There's been no rule book. There has not been. There is no um, no real consistency. There's no requirement as to how universities can consider various factors uh, when admitting students. So that's very true. I, it, it's very interesting, um, you know, some of the reporting that I've seen, uh, and in fact, in the court's own opinion, you know, they acknowledge that truly we're only talking about probably a couple of dozen schools who are very highly competitive. Um, for the vast majority of other colleges and universities, this will affect their practices to a lesser extent. Conservatives cheering the ruling, of course. Liberals calling it a significant setback for equality, of course. And then the division shows up at the Supreme Court among the justices. Clarence Thomas, the newest justice at Katanji Brown, uh, sparring with each other. Now, no punches were pulled by either one of them. No, and that's very true. And they're, they both um, have acknowledged that they were beneficiaries of affirmative action uh, policies at, at universities. It, it, and, it, and, and then again, um, you know, when we say, okay, well, so, you know, you just get into the university where you, you know, are qualified to be admitted. There are elite universities which do tend to give advantages, and the Supreme Court is one. Eight of the nine justices graduated from one of three law schools in the country. Eight of the nine. And that's not an anomaly right now. That has been consistent over decades, actually. So then it does matter where you're admitted in terms of what your career path is. And so maybe the larger question is in terms of where do we recruit people at the highest level of the court system or maybe corporate America, you know, whatever it may be? Maybe that that needs to be examined. Maybe we need to look at that and say, okay, the highest quality students are not just at these very small elite universities. Maybe maybe that's what happens with this ruling. Well, I, I thought it was interesting that one of the most popular TV series to come along in a long time was Suits, which yes. is the story of a young man who did not even go to law school but was so bright and had a photographic memory and was very, very clever and very went to work for a law firm that only hired from Harvard. Yes, which is, I mean, that that really is a thing. That's really a thing. And by the way, I thought it was really interesting, you know, in a footnote, Justice Roberts specifically mentioned that they did not intend for this ruling to apply to the military academies. He He mentions early in his opinion that this ruling does not apply to the military academies. So uh, Air Force Academy, West Point, 
Naval Academy. Naval Academy, sure. yes, of course. And and he acknowledged in the footnote that there had been a brief that had been filed. They were not parties to the lawsuit, but a brief where um, you know upper um, upper officials, of generals in the Department of Defense said that they have a very keen interest in making sure that they have a diverse uh, force in their officer ranks. Um, And so I I really think it is very interesting, this particular case. I really think the court, even though we say, okay, affirmative action is out the window, I think the court drew very kind of clear distinctions between what you can do and what you can't. So, for example, they acknowledge, Justice Roberts in the majority opinion, acknowledge that universities absolutely have an interest in making sure that there's a diverse student body. So we do learn from each other, um, and we learn more from each other when we're not very homogenous, right, when when we are exposed to kind of – that's really kind of what we want in a college experience. We want to be exposed to kind of heterogeneous ideas. You know, what is – is something I've never thought of before, you know. Or I never thought of it that way. I never thought of it that way. But the court said you have to have, they really kind of pointed out two things. One, you know, even back 25 years ago when the court originally said, okay, you can do this in a case involving the University of Michigan um, called the, the Grutter case, the court said, we expect that this will eventually kind of level the playing field, so to speak, and so that this won't need to be continued indefinitely because eventually we'll end up having kind of diverse student bodies. So the court always said there would be a sunset, and Justice Roberts talked about that. He said there's, there's nothing in either of the policies of these two universities that indicates that they – are going to reach that sunset point. And so that was a really important point um, that the court made. We did a lengthy interview with UT Tyler President Kirk Calhoun recently, and we touched on the DEI subject. He pointed out that of the 3,000-plus institutions in the U.S. that virtually all of them have their own version of DEI programs, it's never been a one-size-fits-all situation. But are you aware of any such programs, maybe other than the, the service academies, uh, such that have had success or could be mirrored by other schools? Or is it back to the drawing board for everybody? Oh, that's a, that's a great question, Mike. You, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't know this until uh, yesterday, actually, and I started reading the opinion. Uh, 20, a little over 20 years ago, the state of California actually passed a proposition that outlawed affirmative action programs at state colleges and universities. So the University of California system, which is the largest system in the country, has been admitting students um, and attempting to diversify their student population without uh, these affirmative action programs, which the Supreme Court has now said are prohibited. So I actually think the UCAL system would be a good model to look at to say, okay, well, what have they done, you know, to be able to diversify their uh, their their college and university student bodies without using a, a race-based system. So it's been done. It's been done. Our guest has been UT Tyler Associate Professor of Accounting, Finance, and Business Law, Dr. Tammy Cower. To hear this interview again or to share it, go to kvut.org. I'm Mike Landis for UT Tyler Radio.
Thank you for listening to the UT Tider Radio Podcast on 99.7 KVUT. If you'd like to hear this episode again, or if you missed a previous episode, find the UT Tider Radio Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, or click podcasts on our website, kvut.org.